the root of all human conflict comes down to one simple thing, obtaining energy. When two people have an interaction, they will either come away from it feeling stronger or weaker, lighter or heavier, inflated or deflated. No matter the particulars of a social interaction, we humans tend to prepare ourselves to say or contribute whatever we need in order to come out on top of a social interaction, to outwit the other, not to achieve a tangible goal that is evident in our external reality, rather to receive an internal psychological boost. We compete for energy to receive an inflation of ego. But here's the thing. This psychological warfare is in vain. It's not necessary. Each of us has access to an infinite supply of energy. The problem is most people aren't aware of their unique way of accessing it. Instead, most people continue to break what I call energetic consent and they unknowingly silence their power and therefore seek it from an external resource. They live as the silenced soul. Think of this energetic consent like every person in the world obtaining a driver's license and driving a car. Each time you share the road with others, an exchange of energy takes place. Once you get your driver's license, you can drive as much as you want. No one is going to stop you as long as you put the right gas in your car and follow the rules of the road that you share with others. Follow the rules of the road, maintain the energetic consent. In this episode, I'm going to introduce you to a fresh perspective about the human design strategy and how it is a method for everyone to access their energy and to express it and share it with others in a way that boosts everyone's energy instead of resulting in power struggles or road rage. You are listening to the Confidently You podcast. Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. I invite you to join me, Amber, your host on a journey of coming home to your confident self. I'm so fulfilled with helping you transform your life by exploring your true potential and embodying the highest expression of your unique energy. With this podcast, you will find inspiration to own the magic of your individuality, master your mind and energy, and manifest the life you once thought was impossible. I'm here to tell you that confidence is not something that you earn, rather something you can unlearn. Unlearn the bullshit stories that play on repeat that stop you from living life on your terms and taking action with confidence. So if you love human design, manifestation, and shit that blows your mind, then you are exactly where you are meant to be. I already know we're going to evolve to a whole other level together. So without further ado, let's take the next step on your journey of becoming confidently you. Hello, Confident Soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber, and I am your host on your confidence building journey. Today's episode is inspired by two things. First, I have been contemplating the human design strategy and trying to look at it from a unique perspective so that so that it encourages one to not just follow a strategy that, you know, someone tells them to follow, rather something that is inspiring for you to, a strategy that is inspiring for you to follow so that you can live up to your fullest potential and find a way to have infinite access to energy. Because ultimately that is what the human strat- human design strategy offers. It offers you your, ne- your unique way of how you access source energy and how you share your energy with other people. The second part that inspired this episode was the the book called The Celestine Prophecy written by James Redfield. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about this book on the podcast before. I want to say from episode one or two uh, because reading this book completely changed my life. It's what really inspired me and got me interested in energetics in the first place, which had I not read this book, I may not have resonated with human design. 
And so I have my good friend Randy to thank for introducing me to the Celestine prophecy uh, because it, it was just, it was such a catalyst on my, on my spiritual journey. And so I, I found a way to combine the human design strategy with the knowledge that, or the wisdom rather, that James Redfield introduces us to in the Celestine Prophecy in the form of what he calls control dramas. So I'll explain what that is as we get into the episode, but I felt it was I felt it was important to share where this episode came from, also uh, paying tribute to uh, James Redfield, uh, because man, that book changed my life. And the books that he published following that, so the sequels, um, in the saga, I suppose, <laughs> the saga of the Celestine Prophecy, his books have really changed my life. And so I am here, I'm wanting to share with you a unique, fresh perspective of how we can combine these different areas of wisdom to live our best life and to ultimately end psychological warfare. Because as I said at the beginning of this episode, the result of all, or the, the source of all human conflict comes from obtaining energy and unfortunately we try to take it from other people when with because we fail to realize that we can obtain our own energy we have access to an infinite supply of energy from source and it is something that we can cultivate within us and we don't need to we don't need to take energy from other people so i'm really excited to talk about this with you today But I also want to offer you a friendly reminder that this coming January 22nd and 23rd, I am hosting a two-day live virtual masterclass called Achieve Your Goals by Design. So in this masterclass, I'm going to show you how you can achieve your goals by following your human design so that it feels effortless and that almost so that you can achieve your goals on autopilot because the goals, you set your goals up in such a way that it aligns with your unique energy um, and your values, um, ultimately who you are as a person, so that you never feel like you're you're feeling, you're never feeling like you have to force your goals to happen. So that's taking place uh, coming up pretty soon, 22nd and 23rd. It's a $33 investment. So you'll have lifetime access to the content and you'll also receive a free hypnosis file to help escalate your manifestations to come to fruition. So the link to enroll in that you will find in the show notes. And in case you have been on the wait list for Confident by Design, I am also excited to announce that Confident by Design will open up again for enrollment January 22nd until February 20th. So have a month to decide if this is if this feels good for you and if you choose to participate and invest in the Achieve Your Goals by Design masterclass, your $33 investment that you paid towards the masterclass will be refunded to you in the form of a discount off of your enrollment in Confident by Design. So I'm super excited about this masterclass. It's going to be epic. (laughs) It's going to be a completely different way for you to set goals. It's not going to be really like anything else that you've seen before. So if you are ready to follow your human design and crush your goals for 2022, then I invite you to click that enroll button in the show notes and I'll see you in that masterclass. All right, so moving on to today's content. First, let's talk about what is the human design strategy. Well, if you are still new to human design, first, go check out episode 28. I do talk about uh, human design 101. So if this is your first time checking into the podcast, uh, you may find it a little bit difficult to connect with the content if you haven't listened to episode 28. So I invite you to go do that. Pause here now if you haven't and go listen to that. But if you are well informed about human design, then you'll know that you can find your strategy in the keynotes section of your human design chart. And there are five different strategies because there are five different 
types in human design. So if you're a manifester, your strategy is to inform and initiate. If you're a generator, your strategy is to wait to respond. If you're a manifesting generator, which is a blend between the two, you have kind of a double strategy. So that is to wait to respond, then inform and initiate. If you're a projector, your strategy is to wait for recognition and the invitation. And lastly, if you're a reflector, your strategy is to wait 28 days. Now, I personally view this, so this, this, this entire episode is my beliefs of how this works based and I've come to this conclusion based on, of course, things that I've read and researched, but also through my own lived experience after I've obtained this knowledge and having gone out and lived it, this is my personal feedback on what I like to call energetic consent. I feel like I've heard this term before used energetic consent, but not in the way that I'm going to be using it in this episode. So ultimately your human design strategy is how you maintain energetic consent in this world. And the consent itself is something that is always occurring because energy is infinite and it is constantly expanding in the universe because the universe is always expanding. Now, the caveat is, is knowing how you are designed to access this energy. So think of the way your body receives and broadcasts energy in relation to driving a vehicle. Your vehicle needs a special kind of fuel and it requires know-how and experience to be driven with its maximum performance. You and everyone else on the road have a driver's license or you're a child and you have a a learner's permit that requires adult supervision to be used appropriately, but you will get your real driver's license one day. Each time you share the road with others, an exchange of energy occurs. With this driver's license, you have unlimited access to all of the roads. You can drive as much as you want. No one is going to give a shit about how much you drive as long as you're following the rules of the road. When you obtain your driver's license, you make an agreement that you will be responsible and adhere to the rules of the road much like how your soul signs a contract when you're born, if that is of your belief system, which it is of mine. Your soul signs a contract upon birth to live a certain life, learn certain lessons, break karmic patterns, and to fulfill a specific purpose. So your human design offers you a roadmap or a GPS for how to do all of those things with as much peace satisfaction, success, and surprise as possible. So in other words, your unique signature according to your human design. So for the manifester, you're designed to feel peace. For the many gens and generators, you're here to feel satisfaction. Projectors, you're here to feel success. And lastly, you beautiful reflectors, you are here to experience surprise. And this is your friendly reminder that there is no suffering in human design. Everyone is designed to thrive and feel peace, satisfaction, success, or surprise. So each person's body or each person's vehicle is programmed by a particular GPS based on their human design and therefore runs most efficiently and arrives at their destinations at the fastest when they're unique GPS is followed. So depending on your vehicle, so depending on your human design type, the GPS is going to vary. But the GPS, what, what's in common for all of the types is the GPS is always looking for inspiring exits, new paths to take, and a greater purpose to fulfill. Each GPS is designed to look out for certain signposts or indications on the road that are suitable for the vehicle it's equipped in. And again, depending on your type, you will drive a different vehicle. So when you don't follow your GPS and you don't follow the rules of the road, you find yourself in the wrong place or arriving at the wrong destinations. 
your journey is either going to leave you feeling angry, frustrated, bitter, or disappointed. So these are the not self themes of the human design type. So manifestors, you're going to find yourself feeling angry. Generators, you're going to find yourself feeling frustrated. Manigens, you're going to feel yourself becoming frustrated or angry or both. <laughs> Projectors, you're going to feel bitter and reflectors, you are going to feel disappointed. So when you don't follow the GPS, when you don't follow the rules of the road, you end up wasting your fuel or in, otherwise, or in other words, your energy and sometimes even cause physical damage to your vehicle because you take a path or a terrain, if you will, that isn't suitable for your vehicle, that isn't suitable for your body. You might bump into other cars and possibly even damage those their other people's vehicles too. It really isn't a pretty situation for anyone. There, you know, is a potential for a lot of collateral damage. You know, accidents happen. A lot of potential lessons to be learned. So this is where energy type and the human design strategy come into the equation. Your energy type, so manifester, manigen, generator, projector, or reflector, your energy type offers you a general blueprint for how your energy is designed to interact and move with the world, an indication of what kind of routes or roads or paths it pairs well with or is designed to take. With each energy type, there is a human design strategy, as I mentioned. So this strategy is a guidance for how you are designed to share your energetic traits with the world. It's guidance for how you best share the road with others. It's specific rules your energy is meant to follow in order to maintain its infinite access to drive on the road, or in other words, to keep your driver's license. But people don't have to ask permission to drive on the road once they have a driver's license, right? They can just go out and drive. This is why I say maintain energetic incent instead of acquire, because receiving your license was the acquisition of consent. And you don't need to you don't need to acquire consent after you have your driver's license. You can just go out and drive on the road. Nobody gives a shit about how much you drive. So as long as you follow the rules of the road, you have access to share the road with others as often or as frequently as you wish. So according to your human design type, You've got a certain strategy, like I said, and a certain way or method or strategy for how you share the road with other people. And I have a metaphor to offer you about each of the different types and the types of vehicles that they drive and a specific rule that that particular type must follow in order to maintain the energetic consent on the road. So I'll start with manifestors. So if you're a manifestor, then your human design strategy is to inform and initiate. Manifestors are the only one of the five types that can immediately take action without waiting. There may be a waiting period involved if they are an emotional authority, but they are the only type that does not require waiting and then an indication from an outside influence to tell them when to take action. That all starts from within. Because they are un unique in this way, they are also unique in the sense that they are the only of the types that have an artificial strategy that is superimposed on them. So manifestors are really powerful people and they're looking to achieve this, uh, looking to achieve and express this power in a peaceful manner. Now, in the past, the world was dominated by not-self-manifestors that uh, exploited other types by dominating them by using their intense power. So for manifestors to uh, alleviate this uh, power struggle, they have this strategy to inform and initiate because what this does is it stabilizes the energy that they broadcast to other people. So in order for manifestors to uh, personally access their energy, so in other words, the type of fuel that their vehicle needs, 
is initiation. So when a manifester wants to um, take action upon something that doesn't involve other people, they can just initiate and go ahead and do it, which is awesome. Great for them. I'll admit I'm a little bit jealous, but <laughs> I have my own strengths. But in order for them to personally access their energy without involving other people, all they got to do is initiate. But when they want to share their energy with other people, when their decisions are going to make an impact on other people, their particular rule of the road is to inform. Their strategy is to inform. So to go along with my metaphor with the car here, you can think of this as manifestors as having the ability to go anywhere that they want as long as they use their turn signals. So you can think of the manifester as driving an undercover police SUV. So it's got blacked out windows, it's kind of secretive, you're not really sure where this vehicle is gonna go, and that's okay. The manifester can go through red lights, they can defy all kinds of rules of the road as long as they inform others by using their turn signals or their police sirens. The manifester might piss a few people off initially, but the other people on the road will find a way for you to make it through the traffic without damaging other vehicles. Just like, you know, when you're sharing the road with a police vehicle and they all of a sudden put their sirens on, it doesn't really matter if there's a traffic jam or, you know, other forms of chaos or whatever's going on in the road. It doesn't really matter. You're going to find a way to let that police vehicle through as long as they don't bulldoze people, right? As long as they're using their, their sirens or their turn signals, people are going to find a way to let this vehicle through. They're going to find a way to let the manifester go through. But if you don't use your turn signals or if you don't use your police sirens, people are going to be like, what the fuck, right? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm not going to let you in here. This is my spot, right? Use your turn signals, use your sirens, and it will create a much more peaceful dynamic on the road. And, and that is how you're going to maintain energetic consent. So the GPS for the manifester in their police vehicle, this GPS is, is designed to go on any type of road. It can even go on non-roads, taking roads people didn't even know were there. And this is because the manifester is designed to be the fire starter of the collective, to be like the true entrepreneurs, to start new things, to forge new paths, and for other people to potentially follow suit. So other people can then follow the police vehicle, see where it's going to go, and the best way that they can follow that police vehicle is by knowing where it's going to turn, by following those turn signals. So this is how the manifester maintains their energetic consent by informing and initiating, using their turn signals, forging new paths on the road, going where people don't tend to go. All right, now let's talk generators. Generators, your human design strategy is to wait to respond and know thyself. So your unique vehicle that, or pardon me, your unique fuel that your vehicle needs is satisfaction. So the way that you personally access your energy, so when you're not sharing it with the road, is through satisfaction. When you want to share your energy with other people, your unique your uh, strategy and your unique rule that you need to follow on the road is to wait to respond. Now, the generator is constantly responding to signposts that are along the way. There's lots of signs on the road, right? There's street lights, there's yield signs, stop signs, merge signs, blah, blah, blah. There's all of these different signs on the road that the generator is constantly responding to. So listening to your sacral, because generators have a defined sacral, listening to your sacral to determine which routes to take or which turns to make is how you are responding to those different signs on the road. So with each stoplight that the generator encounters or that they approach, the generator is going to decide, do I pivot here and turn right? and then keep going and find myself on a different road? Or do I wait this light out 
and maybe feel a little bit frustrated for a moment as I reach this plateau and I'm stopped for a minute, but then feel satisfaction when I can take off as the light turns green. In other words, when the generator experiences an initiation, a green light. Generators don't use their fuel efficiently when they try to guess their future response instead of waiting for that moment to come and then deciding in that moment. Generators are designed to live in the moment. So generators like to drive at a quick but sustainable speed and become the master driver of their favorite road. So you can think of the generator as being a zippy little sports car, whatever that might be. They like to drive fast and, um, and they like to drive the same roads over and over again and get really good at driving on their favorite road so that they can master that road because the the generator is designed to become a master of something and they do so by cultivating self-awareness because their other half of their strategy is to know thyself and it's through their learning curve that they gain that sense of self-awareness and through their sacral response as well they gain self-awareness through their sacral response and their learning curve So they learn how to drive the road well by following the signs and responding to the different signs on the road. And the generator is constantly responding to different signs and choosing to follow that sign. And and so that is their rule of the road, to wait to respond to the different signs, not to guess ahead of time what the sign is going to say, but to wait until they come across signs and then respond to what the what the sign is inviting them to do or not so to either stop at the red light and wait for it to turn green or to make a right hand turn on a on a red light so i realize that's not legal in every part of the world uh, but in my part of the world in canada it is legal to turn right on a red light so in my metaphor this works (laughs) (laughs) I know in Germany, for example, because I've driven in Germany, I know you're not allowed to turn right on a red light uh, because I did that once before. (laughs) And and my my friend who I was driving with was like, what are you doing? You can't turn right on a red light. But you can in Canada. So So generators, way to respond is how you maintain energetic consent. So not initiating, in other words. Um, and then personally accessing your energy, all you need is satisfaction or the fuel that your vehicle needs is satisfaction. All right. So if you're a manifesting generator, let's talk about that. Manifesting generators are a blend between a manifester and a generator and their human design strategy is to wait to respond, then inform and initiate. So they still need to wait to respond like a generator, but they move very quickly And this anomaly occurs in the manifesting generator in which their sacral energy is converted into manifesting energy. So they can take action very quickly. And often their response to something is an action. They may find themselves moving from response to action very quickly. So their unique fuel that their vehicle needs or the way that they personally access their energy is satisfaction like the generator. And their rule to follow on the road is to wait to respond, then inform and initiate. So like the generator, they're constantly responding to signposts along along the way, but their GPS also finds little shortcuts to get to destinations faster because the manifester or manifesting generator, um, their wealth theme is shortcuts to mastery. That is part of their purpose in this world. They're kind of here to uh, redefine what is possible for the collective by finding ways to do things faster. But it's often lacking that sense of self-mastery that the generator has. The manifest-gen, they're like the jack-of-all-trades, master of none, because they can move, um, they move very quickly and they can somewhat master a skill very quickly, but then they want to move on to the next thing. So they're very fast- and their, their GPS is good at finding shortcuts to get to destinations faster. 
So the ManyGen responds to signposts along the way, like the generator. So they're constantly responding to the signposts and they decide which paths offer them satisfaction that offer them the right fuel. And then they take those routes and find shortcuts to make it to their destination even faster. So the manifesting generator is like a motorbike. It's really fast and can cut through traffic really quickly, zooming past other vehicles. But like a manifester, the manigen um, or the motorbike can drive a little bit unpredictably because it moves so fast. Because it has all of that potential to drive really fast and it's also quite agile, it too must use its signal lights so that the other drivers on the road know what it's doing. Or else it's just gonna be this fucking motorbike zooming in and out of traffic and everybody's like, oh, this fucking motorbike zooming in and out of traffic. Why is it doing that? So when you use your signal lights, you can continue to respond to all of the signposts along the way, decide which routes you wanna go to, and then use your signal lights so that you can let other people know where you're going. And then you can find all of these shortcuts to make your favorite route shorter. And you can continue to explore other routes and find ways to get from point A to point B faster. So for the manigen to personally access their energy when they're not sharing it with other people or when their decisions are not affected or don't affect other people, they personally access it through satisfaction and they share the road with other people or their specific rule that they need to follow on the road is to wait to respond and then inform and initiate. All right, let's talk about projectors. So I'm your projector. I'm a projector. <laughs> now, the projector strategy is, uh, is to wait for recognition and the invitation. So the projector, the projector's unique fuel that they need to fuel their vehicle is recognition. So the projector needs to recognize themselves uh, if they want to personally access their energy. And when the projector wishes to share their energetic traits or to share their uh, share the, the road with other people, they need to wait for recognition and the invitation. So think of the projector like an electric car. It demonstrates to others how they can uh, efficiently use energy, but it's not designed to drive for long periods of time. And it's certainly no sports car, right? When it does drive, it does so very efficiently, but long road trips are probably a no-go in this vehicle, right? So think of like a little smart car. <laughs> you don't wanna take it on a super long road trip. It can, but it doesn't do it as well as other vehicles would. In uh, the, the GPS of the projector is specifically looking for those invitations in the form of flashing green arrows to give them uh, to give them direct access to the path or the energy they need in order to fulfill a specific purpose to help a specific person or people but the tricky thing is for this gps is that those flashing green arrow lights are only going to be at intersections with a left turn lane and these left turning lanes also have two red lights and the road has a weight sensor in it, meaning it will only release the double red light and switch to the green light upon detection or recognition of a vehicle sitting in the right position to turn that green arrow light on. So you know those intersections where, <laughs> where they only offer that green light when it detects that a vehicle is sitting on that road sensor. I don't know how that act, that technology actually works. Like, do they build something into the road? Or I don't know how that works. But, in, but for this metaphor, it works because that technology does exist where we do have these type of um, intersections where um, it's probably a low traffic area that um, wants to go in that specific direction that needs that turn arrow and it often prioritizes the flow of traffic going in the opposing direction. So it's going to continue to direct the opposing traffic and keep that double red light. And so it needs a vehicle to be ready for the light to turn green in order for it to switch 
to a green light. And these intersections are less common. They're certainly less frequent than the average stop sign or regular red, yellow, and green traffic light in which the generators can constantly respond to. So meaning these opportunities aren't as frequent as what, say, the generator experiences. But when the GPS is directed to the correct intersections, the projector gets a flashing green light and can proceed right through fully empowered. So it's receiving recognition and an invitation that empowers the projector to gain access to a vast resource of energies, or in other words, access to a, a road that takes them directly through in order for them to fulfill a specific purpose or to send them on a new path. Now, sometimes, sometimes that flashing green arrow is already going to be there when the projector arrives at the intersection because maybe another vehicle was there before and the arrow was still flashing green or sometimes the projector is their gps is going to take them to this intersection and the projector is going to have to wait a little bit um, has to let all of the ongoing uh, opposing traffic go in their direction first before that light is going to detect that they're there so sometimes there's a waiting period involved so it's really important for the projector to be patient and to follow their GPS because their internal GPS knows where it's supposed to go. So for the projector to personally access their energy, they only need to recognize themselves. And this is why inside of Confident by Design, I talk about building your house of confidence because that is all built upon self-love, which starts from recognizing yourself self-awareness. The more that you recognize yourself, the more that other people are going to recognize you. So the projector shares their energy with other people through first receiving accurate recognition from other people and then being invited to share their energetic traits. And then the projector then gains access to that other person's energy resources and guides them they don't take the energy from other people, they simply gain access to it, which is why this form of energetic consent is so important. And in fact, it's very desirable because the receiving recognition and an invitation um, gains that access to other people's resources. And in fact, other types also have projector qualities in which they wish to express but in order for them to, to be able to express that energy, they have to also wait for recognition and invitation, or in other words, follow the strategy of a projector. And I'll talk about that a little bit further as we continue on later in the episode. So next, let's talk about reflectors. So the strategy of the reflector is to wait 28 days. The unique fuel that the reflector needs in order to power their vehicle is surprise, or in other words, detachment from, from results. And the, the, the unique rule that the projector or reflector needs to follow is to wait 28 days. Reflectors are not like the other types. They aren't looking to get anywhere super quickly. They are here to enjoy the scenic route and to constantly be pleasantly surprised by the sights that they see. The reflector doesn't immediately turn at the exit that it wishes to turn down. Instead, their GPS tells it to drive down, uh, to drive down all of the terrain, to explore all of the district, to get a sense of what is out there, to get a bird's eye view of everything before it decides that this is the path that it is supposed to take. So the reflector is meant to be the center of the community and to reflect the health of the community in the form of a meter. So you can think of the reflector as driving a tourist bus, driving around to gauge the scenery and to get off where it feels good. The reflector isn't necessarily looking for a specific destination, rather to fit in with a community that values their presence and what they offer to others. So in order for reflectors to personally access their energy, they need to remain detached from results because they are here to experience a wide variety, an infinite variety of different 
energetic flavors, so to speak. Their aura is sampling, so they sample the energies everywhere that they go, and that's based on their environment and the people that are in it, and they experience their their signature of surprise when they let go or release expectations. Now, for reflectors to share their energetic traits with other people, so when their decisions um, impact other people, they need to wait 28 days. They need to sample all of the energies that are out there, um, or in other words, travel around to all the different districts and get a sense of all the communities that are out there before they find the community that feels good to them and then reside there. So that's an overview of how all of the types maintain energetic consent. So you remember that you can drive as much as you want. No one gives a shit about how much you drive as long as you follow your unique rules of the road. As long as you don't hurt anybody or cut anybody off or break the rules of the road. Because if you do break this energetic consent, if you do break the rules of the road, you start impeding with other people's ability to follow the rules of the road too. Their decision-making ability, their control over their vehicle, and their connection to their GPS or their authenticity (laughs) becomes compromised. Sure, it's going to challenge them and ultimately provide a moment of growth with their driving skills, but it's going to happen at the cost of unnecessary damage to their vehicle. So think about when you cut a person off in traffic, right? When they're not expecting it. So when you didn't use your turn signals, for example, that other person might be forced to slam on the brakes or they may have to all of a sudden change lanes very quickly and then therefore creating this domino effect of the other drivers that are on the road. So you force other people to break rules of the road or to drive chaotically on the road. When you don't follow the rules of the road or when you break energetic consent, you move yourself into your not self theme. So that's anger, frustration, bitterness, or disappointment. And this often challenges other people into their not self theme. And this is what we call a power struggle. And how you navigate a power struggle all depends on your level of consciousness. Without awareness of how you maintain energetic consent, so in other words, without awareness of your human design strategy, you find yourself using your energy incorrectly and therefore weakening your ability to keep your energy levels where they need to be to survive, let alone thrive. So you seek an energy source that is outside of yourself. You unconsciously seek to manipulate energy from other people. How you take energy from others occurs in one of four ways. And this method of robbing or manipulating energy is called a control drama, which I mentioned was coined by James Redfield in his novel, The Celestine Prophecy. Control dramas develop in childhood. And what is a control drama? A control drama is a coping mechanism a child develops in response to other people, usually adults, but sometimes children, by adults or other people manipulating them for their energy. Children's energy is very vulnerable. Children before the age of seven need their energy supplemented by an adult because they haven't learned how to cultivate their own energy yet. So in other words, kids are driving around with a learner's permit. They don't have a full driver's license yet because they haven't learned how to use a strategy to cultivate their own energy. This is precisely why babies die if they don't receive enough love, because love is a vital energy that children need to survive and to thrive. So adults unconsciously manipulate energy from children because they are living life through the lens of their conditioning and they didn't learn how to appropriately follow a strategy to maintain energy, energetic consent. They didn't learn how to cultivate their own energy and so they're manipulating other people for their energy. And because the children need to protect their energy because they're so vulnerable, they need to develop uh, what James Redfield calls a control drama 
to combat the psychological warfare. And this creates a vicious cycle. The way to end the vicious cycle is to bring awareness to what is your control drama and calling other people in, not out, but calling people in when you observe them using their control drama. So what are these four control dramas? Well, this is all inside the Celestine Prophecy, so I invite you to read this book to to learn about this further. But here's the summary. The four control dramas. There's an intimidator, interrogator, aloof, and poor me. So these are the four different ways that when people are breaking energetic consent, so when they're not following their strategy and authority, and when they're being pushed into their not-self theme, so for example, a manifestor's not-self theme is anger. So when a manifestor is feeling anger, they're more susceptible to manipulating other people for their energy because they didn't follow their strategy to maintain it on their own, to receive it on their own. So I'll walk you through what each of these are. So first, let's start with the intimidator control drama. So the intimidator manipulates other people for energy by literally intimidating them. So being aggressive, um, being aggressive, or sometimes even threatening or inducing physical harm on others to manipulate them for their energy. So it's a very overt way and obvious way that a person will manipulate energy for, from someone. So this is going to look like potentially being physically abusive or verbally abusive, emotionally abusive by behaving in an aggressive manner. So the interrogator is slightly less aggressive. So how the interrogator manipulates energy is that they will ask other people questions about themselves with an agenda to find something to criticize about that person. So they're going to ask questions, ask questions, and then what they hear, they're going to find a way to put that person down or to be condescending, to criticize them for what they for what they voiced to the interrogator. So then we have the aloof. So becoming more passive now for how for how uh, this type of drama manipulates for energy. So it's not going to be overt. So if you are an aloof control drama, then you manipulate energy from other people by being secretive. So other people are going to ask you questions about yourself and you offer as little as little information as possible in hopes that people are going to try to guess who you are or what it is that you're feeling, you know, at that time. Say they're asking you how you are or something like that. And you're not going to be very forthcoming. You're going to sort of beat around the bush in hopes that that person is going to guess how you're feeling in that moment. And you, the way that you manipulate energy from them is by keeping them on this, keeping them on this string, I suppose. So keeping them on a string um, and continuing to be as secretive as possible by keeping them interested and engaged in you. And the more secretive that you can be, the more that that person is going to guess about you and the, the more energy that you're going to receive. So you receive that energy through that person uh, trying to guess who you are or what you're feeling or whatever the situation is calling for in that moment. So, and then the last one is poor me. So the poor me control drama is one in which you try to instill guilt in other people, making them feel guilty or trying to make your problems their problem. And, and trying to get them to uh, apologize to you or they get sucked into this control drama by trying to solve your problems or to feed into the fact that um, that you're, oh, you're the poor me, right? So what this might look like is the poor me is saying, oh, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? And they're having this conversation with another person and they're trying to push the responsibility to fix this problem on another person. But it's not that other person's responsibility to fix the poor me's problem. But they're trying to get the other person's energy so that, or to buy into their control drama so that they feel elated 
uh, by the other person's uh, willingness to be their white horse or whatever, to be their knight in shining armor, for that other person to cave into their control drama. So each of these four control dramas influence the development of another. So as I mentioned, control dramas are something that are created in childhood in order to protect your energy. So they are actually a trauma response, you know, whether that be a micro trauma or a macro trauma that a person experiences. Children develop a control drama as a coping mechanism in order to protect their energy. And this is a, a behavior that without acknowledgement, they will continue to perpetuate this behavior for the rest of their life. So there are so many adults walking around using these control dramas in order to manipulate energy from other people because that's what that was their survival technique when they were growing up because their parent or adults or children that they spent a lot of time with manipulated them for their energy and this is how they protected themselves. So for example, if your mother was an intimidator, so the, the most aggressive out of all of the types, then you are likely to develop the control drama of poor me uh, because your response to that is going to try to make that other person feel guilty for making you feel less than or for putting you in a position that compromises yourself. And eventually this poor me drama, when the parent is an intimidator, this poor me drama is eventually going to uh, turn into likely another intimidator because at some point that poor me is no longer going to work and especially when this kid grows up and they have their own strength to fight back their intimidator parent they're going to use intimidation on their own parent so if so if not a poor me if all else fails then the child is also going to become an intimidator so the intimidator control drama creates the poor me or another intimidator. So in other words, if you had a parent that was an intimidator, you're likely to start off as a poor me or another intimidator. So if your parent was an interrogator, this is likely to create the aloof control drama. So the interrogator is asking questions, asking questions to find uh, something of fault to criticize, your defense mechanism is to become aloof so that you don't give too much away so that nobody can find anything of you to criticize. If your parent was an aloof control drama, this is going to create an interrogator. So if your parent was aloof and not very forthcoming with anything, it's going to cause the child to ask questions and questions and questions to get something out of their parent. And the last one, poor me. So in the Celestine Prophecy, I've read it like three times, highlighted and everything. James does not specify which control drama the poor me creates. So after my own reflection and having observed people that have poor me dramas, etc., I've observed that the poor me drama can create any one of these any one of these four control dramas. It can create an intimidator, an interrogator, an aloof, or another poor me. So you likely have a mix of a few different dramas, but everyone tends to have a dominant one that was usually influenced by their parents. So when people resolve to using their control dramas to manipulate other people for energy, um, they do so by breaking energetic consent. So they don't follow their human design strategy and they push themselves into their not self theme. And when they're in that not self theme, they're often operating at a low, uh, a low level of consciousness. And then they therefore try to manipulate other people for their energy. So the result offers a psychological boost in the person from, uh, in the person who is taking the energy and they leave the social, situ social situation feeling inflated like they won. But this energy is neither sustainable nor fulfilling. And the other person is energetically harmed in the process. So when you're not following the rules of the road, you can bump into other cars, potentially get into accidents. You know, chaos on the road is driving. Uh, there's chaos on the road while you're driving. So not following your strategy also keeps the majority of society operating at a low state of consciousness, slowing down evolution. 
The good news is there are solutions to this because I, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this the strategy to to manipulate other people for energy is in vain. We don't have to do it. So what are those solutions? How do we end psychological warfare so that we can raise raise the consciousness of the collective? Well, my first suggestion, if it's not obvious, is to follow your human design strategy. Your strategy maintains energetic consent so you don't have to take energy from other people. You can cultivate it on yourself. You can access your energy from source the way that you were designed to. So know your type so that you know how you share your traits and or in other words, how you share the road with other people. So manifested channels in the chart require initiation to personally access and require informing to share. Generated channels require satisfaction to personally access and require a response to share. Projected channels require recognition to personally access and require recognition and an invitation to share. So remember the projector's GPS that's looking for those arrows? Well, as I mentioned, those arrows are very desirable. The other types can also use those intersections. And in fact, they may also be looking for those intersections. However, those intersections require recognition and an invitation. That doesn't change when, uh, depending on what your, that doesn't change based on your vehicle. It's that intersection that requires recognition and invitation. This means that all of the types need to know the projector strategies, which is to wait for recognition and the invitation. More than half of the channels in the body graph, so in the human design chart, are projected channels. And in order to use those channels correctly, recognition and an invitation is required. This is why sometimes, say, a manifester, for example, will experience resistance or find themselves in their not-self theme when they try to express ideas without an invitation. Because sharing ideas comes from the channels that connect the Ajna and throat center, and these are projected channels. So there is even a way to be a manifester in the chart without having any manifester channels. If you're a manifester that has indirect access to the root center through the spleen, you only have projector channels. You don't have manifested channels. So you're, just because you're a manifester type and you have the ability to initiate, you still may find yourself needing to follow the strategy of a projector. This is why, um, or actually this is what I've learned from Eden Carpenter, who is a human design expert. It's, it's important to know what your type is, but don't allow that to limit you. Don't allow it to be your focus because it all depends on what you have defined in your chart and which channels you have defined in your chart. Because like I said, you could be a manifester with no manifested channels. You could have all projected channels. You need to understand the strategy of the projector because you too are going to be looking for those intersections with the green arrows. So I share these specifics about, you know, what channels you have and whether or not they're projected, generated, manifested, etc. I share these specifics in a human design read and I also talk about it in depth inside of Confident by Design. So solution number two is to become aware of your control dramas and call other people in on theirs. So this is not a calling out energy. I don't believe in calling people out because that just induces other people to it just pushes other people into their not self theme when you call people out about things rather this is a this is a compassionate calling in so let's say you're having a conversation with someone and they all of a sudden become uh become uh, aggressive with you they're behaving as an in- intimidator so simply take a deep breath and ask them why do you feel the need to be so aggressive right now? Why do you feel the need to intimidate me right now? Because it's now that you've listened to this episode, it's going to be really hard to unsee these behaviors in other people. So the solution to this is to first start with yourself and know what is my control, control drama? How do I predominantly manipulate other people for their energy? Because Again, this is going to be hard to unsee once you know about it. So my control drama, for example, was the interrogator. I would interrogate people. I'd ask them questions and find things to criticize about them. 
course, I'm not proud of that, but I'm aware of it now. And I don't behave that way for the most part anymore. At least I don't find myself behaving that way uh, for the most part. I don't seek to criticize other people to come out on top or to feel powerful over them. So recognize yourself first because self, um, this leads me to my next point is number three is focus on your own energy first because self-awareness eventually leads to social management. The route that this takes is first, in order to create positive change, you first need to be aware of yourself because self-awareness will lead to self-management because you can't effectively manage something if you don't understand how it operates. So this is why human design is a fucking superpower because it shows you exactly who you are and how you are meant to interact with the world and how to personally access your energy. So start with self-awareness because it leads to self-management. And once you can can manage yourself, that leads to social awareness and then further on to social management. Higher states of consciousness or higher vibrational frequencies absorb lower frequencies of energy. So raise your own vibe and you raise the vibe of others. When you are following your human design strategy, when you are you know, doing your thing, you empower other people to follow your str- their strategy because you aren't going to be manipulating them for energy and therefore they can do their own self-sustaining way of maintaining or obtaining energy. So number four, if possible, try to have one parent per child. Children need... Um, especially before the age of seven, children need a singular focus from at least one parent. They, they need constant attention so that when they have questions about the world or when they need energy, instead, because they haven't learned how to cultivate it on their own, they need to get it from someone. And other children are not an option because other children are still learning to cultivate their own energy and children can have psychological warfare with each other. So it's important that a responsible and energized and self-sufficient adult is looking uh, or is taking care of each child. Now, I realize doesn't that doesn't that create a limitation? So doesn't that does that in our world that you know doesn't that not make sense? You know, we have parents, both parents that are going out to do work and and whatnot and can't stay home with their kids. I realize that that is an obstacle, but this is why we need to shift back into the paradigm of it takes a village. We need to start, you know, asking for support from other people and it you know, expecting that this is the new reality, we need to find a way to make sure that our children are getting that one-on-one time as much as possible with a self-sustaining adult that isn't manipulating that child for their control dramas. So adults that are living in their signature instead of their not self-theme so that we can raise healthy, independent children that know how to cultivate their own energy because around that age of seven and James Radfield goes into this further inside of the Celestine he talks about how there's a transition phase where some sometime around the age of seven the child is going to transition from receiving energy from their parent or some adult it doesn't have to be a parent but an adult they're going to transition to being able to cultivate this energy on their own and not require that uh, that uh, focus one-on-one attention from adult all the time. So if possible, one parent per child. And number five, the last solution that I have here is alchemize energy with nature because nature is source. So there is infinite access to energy when we step outside and observe the beauty of nature. Beauty is a form of energy and we can obtain energy and receive energy from nature when we choose to focus on the beauty that is nature. So in conclusion, your confidence is going to reach a plateau if you operate in this low state of consciousness because your energy is going to be dependent on someone else instead of you and your connection to source. And if you find yourself living in your not-self theme, you are inevitably going to be breaking that energetic consent, therefore not receiving it in the way that you're designed, and you're going to try and manipulate other people for their energy. So as I mentioned, it's going to be hard to unsee these behaviors now that they're in your awareness. 
So I highly recommend uh, reading The Celestine Prophecy. It is such a great book and it's taught me so much. And obviously it goes into far much more depth than what I am offering here. In addition to lots of other uh, energetic conversations that uh, occur inside of that book, it's truly life-changing. You have the ability to receive that psychological boost on your own by following your human design strategy. In addition, following your authority as well, which is the flavor in which you use your strategy. So for example, you might be an emotional authority like me, which means that I need to wait for recognition and an invitation, but then wait even longer to come to emotional clarity to choose whether or not that green light arrow is the one that's right for me. So follow your human design strategy and authority, and then you will find yourself living as the confident soul because you won't be silencing your energetic power anymore. Your energy will be devoted to what it is designed to be used for. And this is going to be evident in how you share your energy with other people. Know your vehicle, know what kind of fuel your vehicle needs, know how you share the road with other people to keep your driver's license or to maintain the energetic consent. So I will offer once again as a friendly reminder, I invite you to register for the Achieve Your Goals by Design Masterclass that's coming up this month, January 22nd and 23rd. Um, or if you, if this topic is something that really spoke to you and it's something that you want to work on, I invite you to put yourself on the wait list for Confident by Design because embodying your unique energy, learning to follow your strategy and authority and embodying your human design so that you are always living life to your fullest potential is really the main focus inside of Confident by Design. So you can go ahead and click the link, the links in the show notes to either register for the masterclass and or uh, put yourself on the wait list for Confident by Design. So thank you so much for uh, joining me with this episode today. It's something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, but I didn't have the metaphor for it in the past. Um, So thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am truly honored that you have entrusted me to fill your cup with all the good stuff. If this episode blew your mind, please show me some love by downloading and subscribing. A small, simple action that helps me share my mission with more people. Did you have any major breakthroughs? I want to hear about them by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on Instagram or Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram at confidently.amber for daily confidence building tips and updates about my workshops, programs, and freebies. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to connecting in the next episode. Mwah.